to the 28 Dales Later podcast. My name's Johnny Campbell. Together with Natalie Wilson and Steve Wharton, plus a few other guest presenters that we've got lined up, we'll be embarking on a journey around the north of England, celebrating its landscape, nature and heritage. There are fewer more idyllic places to be on a day with clear skies than the coast. And here in Northern England we're blessed with some fantastic coastline and the East Coast is ever changing. You couldn't find two more contrasting coastlines than the Yorkshire and Northumberland coast. Further south, the Yorkshire coastline with the shifting sands of Spurnhead, a last gasp of English soil before jutting out in desperation into the North Sea, to the chalk cliffs of Bempton and Flamborough, with one of Europe's largest Gannet populations, and then Going further north, the edge of the North York Moors, with some of northern England's highest sea cliffs mixed with sandstone and the elusive mineral jet, synonymous with Whitby. You would have to be very lucky to spot a white-tailed sea eagle here, which is a recent success story in this wonderful county. The smugglers' coves, amusement arcades, world-class fish and chip shops and whaling history is all around that North Yorkshire coast. In Northumberland, though, the arcades are replaced with golden sands that stretch as far as the eye can see, and the lack of human interaction is why Northumberland is known as England's quietest county. A lack of light pollution has earned the Kielder Forest, located in the Northumberland National Park, the enviable dark sky status, something this coastline could certainly bid for too. Hamlets and villages are scattered along here, each with their own character, and there's lots to see along the way. I'm taking a popular route from the village of Craster to Lone Newton-by-the-Sea. It's a short linear route which takes in one of Northumberland's famous castles, 14th century Dunstanborough, and I'll be looking at fortifications of a more recent century, the pillboxes built on this coastline in World War II with the threat of Nazi invasion. It's not hard to come to Craster when the smokery is in use. Famous for smoked kippers, it's a local delicacy and with the scent of smoked fish and salty sea air, it makes for a heady fragrant cocktail which is a sensory overload. I can see Dunstamber in the distance, just past these old fishermen's cottages that hug the harbour. Might even treat myself to an ice cream. Dunstamborough Castle could do with a bit of a facelift, but so would you if you've been around for as long as this has. It's a surprise it's still here in some form, to be honest, after the battering Northumbrian weather has put it under siege for the best part of a millennia. Built in the 14th century by Thomas, Earl of Lancaster, the wealthiest nobleman in England who was later executed in his role in the Baron's Rebellion against Edward II, the castle was modernised in the 1380s under John of Gaunt. It played a role as a Lancastrian stronghold in the War of the Roses, but during the Middle Ages fell into disrepair and has been the backdrop for many a painter, including J.M.W. Turner. The skies here are never-ending, and the light is a painter's paradise. One of the things I love about Northumberland is its history. You can immerse yourself in Lindisfarne and walk the final section of the St Cuthbert's Way, 
A pilgrimage across the causeway at low tide to Holy Island, the UK's largest tidal island. The countless castles that are strewn across the county are rightfully popular, and even the ancient stone circles and carvings that are hidden amongst the rolling hills inland are bored of beaver history, with fortified farmhouses nestled in the hills and whiskey stills form part of Northumberland's rich history. But here is a fortification of a more recent kind, a squat concrete block, which is one of 28,000 pillboxes built in 1940 in preparation for Nazi invasion. These were built all over at strategic locations, junctions, canals, and on the coast. With the passage of time, there's estimated to be fewer than 6,000 of these pieces of recent history left, and I think it'd be a shame to let these fall by the wayside. But as much part of our history as the grand castles many flock to see. Many of these are overgrown in woods, left to ruin, but this is a bit more prominent. And you could easily walk by on this though, and I'm sure many do. There's nothing here to indicate its relevance or purpose. No plaque, notice board, or anything. Whilst it serves no purpose now other than a litter bin for the lazy, it's a real shame that these are left to ruin when they form such a big part of our recent history and part of the nation's psyche. It would be a shame to see these go. Just a few hundred metres from the pillbox, this beach is one of those rare ones in Britain which are called singing sands. Walk through it, kick it around, and the sand is audible. To hear it sing, the sand has to be the right humidity. Caused by a predisposition by the shape and size of the sand grains and the silica content, when walking and stomping through it makes for a delightful tempo to the North Sea's foreground sounds. A rotten seal carcass is cast aside halfway along this beach, which must have been here a while. If this was further south, some beach authority would have moved it by now, but here in Northumberland it is wild, and thus, nature is top dog. Passing by a pub, the Ship Inn, built in the late 1700s, it stands in the corner of a square of whitewashed cottages set around a green, and looks out to sea across the beautiful sandy beach of Newton Haven. And close by, the highest point so far on the walk is my final destination, to survey the scene and see the majority of what we've been through today. Dunstanborough is still in the distance, but now the first glimpse further north in the distance the Farn Islands, even if I squint or get my binoculars out, stunning Bambra Castle peeking through and maybe if I imagine it, Lindisfarne. Inland, Northumberland's highest points, Cheviot and the shapely Hedgehope Hill dominate the skyline like a couple of bull terriers protecting their domain. This is true Northumberland, a mystical land between two nations with an identity of its own. Alluring, inspiring, and uniquely northern. Thank you for listening to the 28 Dales Later podcast. We'll release a new podcast each week, and you can also find our blogs and photographs on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash 28 Dales Later.